And welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. And this preview is the final one we have this season, Chris. It's the 14th one. We've we've gone one by one through all 14 teams in the Big Ten, and we finally made it to our favorite team, the team we cover here on the OHIO Podcast, the Ohio State University Buckeyes. Chris, this is going to be an interesting year. We've had a very good team the last couple years, led by quarterback C.J. Stroud, who's now in the NFL. This is a new chapter Ryan Day's having to write, and it is a chapter that is filled with a lot of question marks, not only about this roster, but also about Ryan Day himself after losing two consecutive years to the rival who Ohio State has dominated for the past 20-plus years under the leadership of both Jim Tressel and Mr. 7-0 himself, Urban Meyer. Ryan Day, in four seasons under the helm, having played the team up north uh, three times, once didn't play him because of the COVID year, is one and two with two consecutive L's. Of course, those Wolverines have gone on to win the Big Ten in back-to-back consecutive years. And now, with a stacked offensive roster, a, a defense that is maturing and is looking to improve big time this year, the question mark is, does he have enough firepower? And can he do a good job, good enough excuse me, job coaching? to overcome what has become a mental hurdle for Ryan Day in beating his rival at the end of the year. Chris, your thoughts before we break down this preview for everybody and get into the nuts and bolts of what happened last year and then what we have coming back this year and what we foresee happening in 2023. Well, I'll tell you, Eric, uh, for me, this is all about Ryan Day's last shot. I know that you don't think it'll happen, but Eric, he's lost two in a row. If he fails to beat that team up north this year, I firmly believe, even though you don't think it'll happen because of the Gene Smith situation, and we've talked about that before, I firmly believe a change needs to be made. Um, And... Honestly, I'm going to chime in on this a little bit again later, but, uh, you know, I've got many concerns. Obviously, we've had, and I don't want to break down all the the position concerns, we've had some concerns with tackles. We've definitely got some concern at quarterback. This is a big concern for me still, given the fact that we have yet to name a starting quarterback, something that I believe is a detriment to the team at this point. Um. I believe that Ryan Day is a great offensive mind. Don't get me wrong. I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith at this point. And, and I think the way for him, and I don't think it's just me. I think that other people are starting to lose the faith a little bit. Sure. I think the way for him to get that faith back is to go out and do what he said he expects himself and his team to do every year. And that's to go undefeated and make the college football playoff and win a Big Ten title. I think anything short of that's a failure. The expectations are definitely still high here in Columbus, Ohio. 
Um, Ryan Day himself, like you said, Chris, when he took this job over from Urban Meyer, he set the standard. The standard is to win the big, to beat your rival and win every game after that. So win, win Big Ten championships and at least get to the college football playoff. You know, even though we didn't beat the rival last year, we still got to the college football playoff and we were one bad kick, one bad slip away, one bad call away from from defeating Georgia and probably winning a national championship last year yes. in 2022, despite the not getting achieving our goals in the regular season, a season and, and winning the Big Ten again. So all of that being said, Chris, let's go ahead and take a quick look at what Ohio State did do last year before we turn the page. So last season in 2022, Ohio State went 11 and 2 overall. They were 8 and 1 in Big 10 play. They did win 11 straight games to start the season. I'm not sure why I have Ohio State as their first opponent there, but uh, you know, I made this again last night and I was awful tired, so I do apologize for that. Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Michigan State, Iowa, Penn State, Northwestern, Indiana, and Maryland were all wins. That first one was Notre Dame, not Ohio State, and it was 21 to 10. My apologies. And then they had lost big time, 45 to 23, in their home stadium to that team up north, and then lost in the Peach Bowl, 42 to 41. Last year, Chris Vegas said they were a 10 and a half team. We both had them going 12 and 0, and even though they went 11 and 1 during the regular season, that's 11 wins, not 10 and a half, and so we both won money on the Buckeyes. So Ryan Day will be going into his fifth season, Chris, in Columbus, Ohio, where they play at Ohio Stadium. 102,780 is the capacity at the shoe. All-time record for the Buckeyes, 953 wins, 331 losses, and only 53 ties. A 733 winning percentage, which is best in all of college football. Alabama, I think, is one one percentage point behind us. Bowl record, 27-28. and 28. That's pretty doggone good, almost a 500 bowl record. Conference titles, we have 41. We're three behind the leader in that team up north. So, Chris, that is, uh, that is kind of the, uh, what, the overview of last year and, and a historical look at Ohio State. You know, Ryan Day, I believe, is 45-6 and six in his first yes. 51 games as head coach. That's a phenomenal winning percentage. Uh, it's, it's obviously one of the best ever in, in a 51 game stretch to start your coaching career. But, you know, those last two are the ones that everybody kind of has circled and remembers, um, on, on that. Yeah. And, and this is the thing, Eric, and it's something I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I'm going to just a little bit. Ryan Day. Again, I I consider him, contrary to popular belief, I do think Ryan Day is a good offensive coach. However, I think he gets overly conservative. He starts playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win at times. And I think it's cost him. And yeah, the last two games, when you look, Ryan Day's only had six losses. But there are probably six losses in the seven biggest games he's played. Hmm. They're the seven best teams that he's played that he has those six losses. It's twice, you know, so a third of your losses are coming to your, your rival. You've got a couple playoff, playoff losses. 
Uh, you've got the Oregon loss. Mm-hmm. So it seems like when he comes up against that quality opponent, it's just not happening. And, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. It, it's very reminiscent of watching John Cooper's teams play. It is. It is. And, and, and it I, frightens it, me mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, the, the Cooper 2.0 um, the comments that people were making last year I think are valid to a degree. But let's see but how things go. he can shut us go. all up, Eric. Yeah, That's the, the thing. Ryan Day can come out and prove it and shut us all up. Absolutely. And I think he's got a, he's got a lot of pieces in place to do that. So well, since we, Chris, are the Ohio State podcast on Big Banter, we couldn't call on another Ohio State podcast on Big Banter to bring on here to talk to. So we had to call up some friends of ours. Yes. Uh, some guys, uh, one of which we met in Cleveland at the uh, Greater Cleveland Get-Together uh, of Ohio State podcasters. And um, – and Johnny, and so we, we we bring Johnny on. Johnny's on the lake here now, beginning this portion of this uh, interview. So he's not here, but he has, his co-host is with is with us. And then Johnny joins us after he gets some good re- uh, cell service uh, after catching a few big ones on the lake there. Uh, you're going to enjoy this interview with Scarlet and Great. They are actually more well-known than Chris and I here at the OHIO podcast are, but it was awesome to have them on our show for the first time. Will not be the last time. I would say out of all the Ohio State podcasts that I actually listen to, these guys are one of my more favorite guns to listen to because they're a lot like you and I, Chris. They are fair but honest. They're not going to BS you. Uh, they do like to have a lot of fun. They're because jokesters. They're not afraid to disagree. <laughs> they're not afraid to disagree with each other. But they also aren't going to blow smoke up your rear, rear end either with scarlet and gray colored glasses with everything. And so they're open and honest with us. We have a good dialogue. Enjoy this interview. Scarlet and Gray podcast. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. And now we are joined by our special guest, Corey, from the Scarlet and Great podcast, one of the podcasts that's in my regular feed of Ohio State podcasts. Been listening to these guys for years, and Corey's one of them. Uh, Corey, thank you so much for being our Ohio State uh, podcast for our Buckeye preview for 2023, my friend. Ah, Thanks for having me, guys. It's a blast. I love talking Buckeyes football, man. So let's just dive right into this and get right into the the meat and potatoes of this thing, man. Is Ryan Day's inability to have chosen a starting quarterback at this point a real concern for you? Because by the time this is posted on Thursday, we're recording this on a Sunday, but it's time by the time this thing's posted on Sunday, we might know a starter. <laughs> we might not. Well, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Do you, what? How are you reading the room on this thing, man? For right now, as we're recording, it's not a concern. If we if this show gets to Thursday and he still hasn't named a quarterback, I'll start to be okay. What what's he doing there? Is he going to pull a JT and Cardale and just you know whatever whoever comes off the field first? It's going to be the guy. Uh, this is usually around the same time that he picks his quarterbacks. The Monday leading up into uh, the week before a game. I think he did. The, I think it's to the day he named uh, uh, CJ Stroud the starter uh, two years ago. So I I and I mean. Did anybody really believe CJ wasn't beating out Jack? And I love Jack. Miller. I'm not trying to rip on Jack. Uh, but, um, I, I, in my personal opinion, I could be wrong by the time he releases this. I think Kyle McCord's going to be the guy. I know a lot of buzz right now is around Devin Brown. And don't get me wrong. If it's Devin, I'm fine. I'm pro OSU quarterback, whoever the heck it is. You know, if, if he comes out and shocks everybody and it's Lincoln, fine. 
that's that's our guy. Let's roll with him. But I really do think Kyle will be the guy. Uh, I I just don't buy the the buzz right now. So you're okay with how Ryan's handled it up to this point? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, I, I think he's given it as much of a look as possible. What I think is happening, it's just a speculation and opinion, is that Kyle's been pretty much the starter, but he's waiting for Devin to really challenge him. And maybe he is. Maybe Devin's in practice like, oh, my gosh, he's pushing Kyle to the, to the brink. I think that's always what makes the starter better anyway. You can't just hand it to the guy in spring and say you're the guy unless it's an established guy like CJ was in, uh, going into his last year at Ohio State. Obviously, nobody was challenging CJ last year for the starting job. But when we have a quarterback competition, you have a guy who has an inside track. He was a backup last year. You're going to tell the guy behind him, say, hey, look, you, you can challenge for it. I, I remember back in the day, Urban actually criticized criticized Dwayne Haskins out loud because he says he just accepted his role rather than challenging. Even J- we all knew JT wasn't getting unseated, but he he got kind of dis, dis, uh, appointed in Dwayne for not continuing to challenge for that backup spot. He just kind of accepted the third string role behind Joe Burrow at the time. I think most of these coaches have that mindset with these guys. They just want them to keep pushing, keep pushing, because it makes your starter better in the long run. Mm-hmm. Okay, Corey. Hot button topic time for me. All right. We've lost the last two years to that team up north. It's true. Will we finally learn from the mistakes we've made or and win this season? Or are, are they, at this point, are they just better than us? Does Jim Harbaugh have our number? It's two conflicting styles, isn't it? Uh, it really Jim's is. Jim's more the old school Big Ten guy uh with the pound and ground and good defense and uh and a game managing adequate passing game that can make big plays here and there also make big plays aided with our terrible pass coverage at times so um i think this year i'm i'm gonna be optimist and say we win but obviously michigan's not the slam dunk it used to be so um I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, as long as we don't turn the ball over, we can run the ball efficiently and our defense is much better than it used to be, then I will say for sure that I think we can win the game because I think we are more talented than they are, but we just got to be more physical and tougher than they are. That's the big thing. Well, it's like Eric and I tend to say, you know, Ohio State's built to win national titles. That team up north's built to beat Ohio State. Right now, that's true. I agree with that. That that seems to be the, the scenario. It stinks to say it out loud, but yeah. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It almost leaves a bad taste in your mouth, man. It's like, oh, no, I don't know about We just had last week, we did, we were talking to the Victor's Nation podcast, which is the uh, um, the TTUN affiliate for Big Banter. And man, they are riding high, Corey. I mean, they are just. They are just loving every second, and they're believing all of the press that they're getting yep. about how wonderful they are. And, you know, some of it is due. They are a very good football team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no doubt about that. I think their offensive line is phenomenal. But if you look at the recruiting numbers, man, we still should be able to beat this football team. If we yep. can just give our quarterback, if he develops properly over the season, whoever that might be, if we can protect him with the improvements we're having on defense, Corey, I think we can beat him. What do you think? I agree. I think defense is going to be much better this year. Um, last year, I think it was the first season of Jim Knowles, and he, you know he's proven that he gets the defenses get better and better as his time goes on. And I think he's finally figuring out his personnel and who he can situate in what position, such as learning that Jack Sawyer is not a Jack and whatnot. Um, 
in, in Sonny Styles and CJ Hicks going to figure to have more of a role. Sonny Styles can probably start. Let's be real. Um, and Tommy Eichenberg, look at the improved play there. And I, mean, I can go on and on about the defense, but uh, it really boils down to how our offensive line plays as, as to whether or not we beat that team up north, especially up in the bitter cold uh, up there in, uh, in Michigan. And you just, I mean, I, I just want to go back to 2019 and say, look, why don't we have a complimentary pass game that can beat you over the top because we have the speed and talent to do with the wide receiver. But, man, the, the first bread and butter is I'm going to go back to J.K. Dobbins and Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis and, and, and Jonah Jackson in that middle of that line who just mauled people. And and we could run on anybody. I don't. I think that's got to be the strength, right? I mean, you're going to have Donovan Jackson and Matt Jones in the middle. They're experienced players who are maulers. You're going to have a – running back core of just a litany of uh, a plethora of uh, talent. It's just rotate them in and out, let them go find a hot hand and then just let them go and let them pound the, the, the defense up there. I have no reason to believe we can't win that way. Uh, I think it's built. We're more built this year to win in that cold, bitter North uh, in the big 10 play. And, but I'll tell you the, the biggest flaw Ryan day has, and I love Ryan day. It's not a knock on him. I'm not saying fire Ryan day sometimes. And he admits this, he gets a little too pass happy. And he, he likes to try to out, out throw the competition get, and get himself out of trouble by throwing the ball. And I wish he would go back to even Urban Meyer's way of thinking, hey, if we could run the ball in this team, we, we got him good. We're going to win no matter what happens, no matter what goes wrong. If we could run the ball, we're good. I wish Ryan Day – in 2019, I thought that's what Ryan Day would be. I thought he'd be a ground-and-pound guy with a complimentary pass game. But when you get talent like CJ and you get the receivers we got, Alave, Wilson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you probably get a little bit too much in your bag and like, hey, I can – throw on anybody so let's talk about that defense real fast a little bit Corey. so um you know you you're like me by the way chris isn't it good to hear someone else say the exact same things we've been saying i mean <laughs> it, it kind of makes me you know all right yeah i'm not the only one seeing these things here it but validates us. it does validate us but Corey, i don't you, know how you, much i validate anybody but I, <laughs> we all agree obviously so let's talk a little bit about that jim Knowles defense i've been saying it ever since you know last year his track record speaks that the second year he's at a at a new team, he always improves. Now, last year we improved from the year before. That's how bad we were. Yeah. <laughs> and back in twenty, what was it, twenty twenty one? I feel that this defense can win us football games. What's your thoughts? I I think it did last year. Notre Dame game. Did we win with Kerry Combs at defensive coordinator? I don't think so. Uh, Johnny made a great point on that. I was talking to him earlier about it. It's all a little. Hitches they were run, little reverses, little goofy things they were trying to do on offense. That used to fool our defense on a play-by-play basis. Uh, they seem to be more in, in, better in their uh, gaps. They seem to be better as far as their assignments are concerned with Jim Knowles. I'm not saying they're perfect. I love the fact – look, I'm not picking on Proctor, but the first play of the game, he misses that tackle. The guy goes 60 yards. He's just, Jim Knowles doesn't even mess around. You're out. Get out of the game. Done, done with you. People were trying to tell me it's injury related. I'm like, no, it wasn't. He was really ticked off that he missed that tackle. Lathan Ransom comes in, has a pretty good game. Now Ransom struggled at the end of the year. I look at it like this. He had the he didn't look at the secondary personnel last year. You had Cam Brown, who's a solid okay player, but he's often injured. Uh, then you had a Denzel Burke going on a sophomore slump. You didn't really have anybody at safety too much uh, with Ronnie Hickman, who's now playing well in the and with the Browns. Guy, I hope he makes the team. Uh, but you know he wasn't great last year for, on college in college. But uh, he and then you had Lathan Ransom who was up and down, not really a cover guy. He didn't really have the personnel to play his defense. Tanner McAllister was nice, a, a nice addition, but not you know not really Ohio State caliber what we're used to. 
Uh, you could look at the linebacker play improved dramatically. Nobody can deny that. I don't want to hear anybody debate that. Uh, the defensive line was young, most, mostly. Other than Zach Harrison, I mean, JT was young and obviously showed flashes of brilliance. Jack Sawyer was kind of out of position. Mike Hall was often injured. Tyreek Williams often injured. Uh, you know, we and you got some young, nice role players like Kai Hamilton and stuff in that defensive line. Now they're all a year older. The linebackers are a year older. C.J. Hicks is a year older and bigger. Uh, Sonny Styles is a year older and bigger. We added Davidson and Big Big Benison. I can't say his name uh, to this. Igbenosin. 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 Yeah. Thank you. I keep hearing yeah. it five different ways. Jihad Carter is a really nice player. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Hancock's a young guy getting more experience now. Um, you know, you got just you know what we just got. We're just better all around now talent wise and experience wise and Jim Knowles second year in the season we could ha- I, I'm predicting right now and I hope you guys shoot me down if I'm wrong I could see a 2019 styled type defense from this year yeah uh, I'm with you and I think if we're not mistaken here let, give me one second I think we actually have your co-host with us here uh, let me, yeah let me see if I can I, I might have had him uh, muted here rolling me fast here let's see Johnny are you there can you hear us? I'm pulling over at a rest area, rest area uh, outside of Cleveland because I'm getting pretty good service here. So, uh, so the question is, were you fishing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew I had this day, and I see what I did. I sent a message like ten. I was getting off the water. I sent a message like, "Hey guys, can I get ten more minutes so I can get to better service?" Well. It never went through. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, did you catch anything? Yeah, I caught a few. Caught a few. It wasn't my best day, but, uh, you know, it was after a long week. It was nice to unwind. So thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. Hey, man, Johnny, it's good to have you. And uh, your co-host, Corey, has been filling in, doing a great job. It's good to have both of you. This is... <laughs> Didn't sound like it. Egg Benosin. <laughs> it was like my cell phone having signal. Like, hey, John, don't worry about that. Corey. Don't worry about that. On our show, we call ourselves uncultured swine because we can't we can't pronounce anybody's name when we do these but previews, there, man. I was like, why can't your name be like Kurt Smith or something? What the heck, man? I mean, this is ridiculous. Because you would call him Schmidt. That's true. Right? I'd probably mispronounce that one too. Oh, uh, shoot. Uh, what question were you on? Go for it, Chris. I think you're up, man. You know what? We might as well let Johnny get his feet wet here. Yeah. So, Johnny. Just got out of the water. What does a nightmare <laughs> scenario look like for Ohio State in 2023? Eric, why is it that I get all the doom and gloom questions? I purposely <laughs> set that up, man. Fits your personality. I like your style, Eric. The way you set your co-host up for failure, I respect. And, <laughs> and what would have to happen in order for that to take place? Um, so I'm going to answer this. The most likely things that could go wrong do go wrong. Um, I think that's kind of the angle you're taking. Nightmare scenario that's actually likely. Um, uh, right tackle's a disaster. Left tackle's not so great. Um, they're the most likely uh, trying to think what else Jim Knowles and Larry Johnson butting head about philosophies. Mm. I do think this defense improves, but like, I mean, Oh, you might go from the 60th ranked pass defense to the 45th. Um, you know, <laughs> and then, um, you know, it, so I think 
if those are your two most likely scenarios. And listen, neither quarterback that's in the running uh, ha- has taken value, any really valuable snaps. Um, you could argue McCord did a little bit, and that inexperience may be coming back to bite him. You don't, I mean, I don't want an experienced quarterback pressured with bad tackles, let alone an inexperienced one. So, to me, that all come. You know, uh, you have if we end up going to Camp Randall at night. It, you look at that stretch of games in the middle of the season, um, it's pretty rough. It is. So what's the what's the floor, Corey, for this team? The floor, I think, is 10-2. and two. Um, Really? That high? Yeah, yeah I do. Uh, I, I think that's – Johnny, shut up. <laughs> I think that's just what uh, – <laughs> That's. I just think, I didn't think this team is so talented. There are actually some games we're worried about. They're going to end up like somehow blowing them out or something like that. And then the, of course there'll be a game or two that we're like, no, we're going to blow that team out. It's like, why is it seven to six in the third quarter? You know? Um, yeah. But I actually think Johnny's points are valid. Uh, inexperienced quarterback with a line that's, you know, replacing three starters. Justin Fry has his work cut out for him. Um, defense. I didn't think about this, Johnny. I'll give you credit. I didn't think about the Larry Johnson and Jim Knowles thing. That's been a problem since they got first got there. But what do you, what do you do? I mean, Larry's a legend, and Jim is getting two million a year to fix the defense. So how do you manage that as a head coach? I don't. I don't know. I'm glad I'm not the one making that decision. You have to pay me a that's, lot of money. That's Ryan Day's issue. I mean, that's yep. that's where Ryan Day needs to come in the office and lay the law down. I'm the head coach. This is how you're making the decision. Yes. If you don't like it, there's the door. Like I mean. To me, there's the 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 patty cake. We're all everybody's friend. Like you're <laughs> not being paid to be Ryan Day's friend. You're paid to win the games. Like that's that's what you're here for. Yeah, win the I'm freaking totally games. Amazing. Like I am. I am so. And Johnny, I want you to jump on this one because I think you and my we might have talked about this up in Cleveland. Uh, when we were together, the standard is Big Ten championship, go to the college football playoff. That's the standard. That's the standard Ryan Day admitted to the day he was freaking hired. Mm-hmm. Live yeah, up to it. That's why, I mean, 10 and 2 is the floor. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little bit worried. It might be a little lower because this offensive line, and if that scenario that Johnny brought up, man, dude, that's a nightmare. You're right. That is a nightmare scenario. So you're right, John. Yeah, I, I, I don't I think the floor is lower, but I don't think that it's likely. So like I can right. throw in cornerbacks like uh, you know, camp says, you know, camp reports say they're getting better, which that could mean they're dead, you know, for all we know, off season beat writers. Like that's just they're the you know, so uh I think you throw that in there. Um, I think the floor is eight and four, but I just think that's like a five percent chance. Yeah, right? I'm with you. Yeah, I really don't think that's likely. I, I so or maybe ten percent chance, but I, um, yeah, Ryan Day's look. Ryan Day sees him in practice and everybody else. I think that's where he needs to look and say, "Hey, Jim, if you still think the Jack works with these players, maybe you're not the guy." You know. Or vice versa, if if you have a package of practice that really works and you say, he's a Larry, uh, if you can't see in this certain package that this package works, um, bud, I I don't know what you've been doing the last 67 years. (laughs) That's a good point. All right, so I made Chris be the bad guy with the last question. I'm going to be the good guy here. All right, uh, and and Corey, I'll start with you on this one, and then uh, after he answers, Johnny, you can just jump right in. I want you to finish the sentence for me, guys. Oh, boy. Yeah, here we go. 
is in their spelling involved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm screwed if they're gone. If Ohio State wins the national championship in 2023, it will be because. Um, because the defense is elite. Uh, I, I mean, by elite, I mean top five. Um, because like I'm talking 2019 to me was elite. I mean, I know there's a couple plays here and there people gripe about, but overall, I think it was elite. If the defense is on that level, I think the Ryan Day offense will be good enough. I mean, it may not be as good as in years past with all those question marks, but I think it'll be good enough to win a football games with a defense that's that good. So I think if the defense is elite in that level, I think that's why we win the national title. And I and the problem is people will still give the offense credit. Well, they scored 35 points a game, is yeah, but defense is holding up to 13 points. So. Right. Um, I mean, it's hard to beat that. That's a great scenario. I, I see a scenario nowadays in college football. It's hard to have a top 10 in both. Uh, and I do think we are going to have a top 10 offense. I think you can win a championship with top 25 defense. Um, I could see a top 25 defense still winning a national championship. Not that Corey's wrong, because I think the scenario laid out was good, really nice. Um, was because the offense learned how to be efficient even against good defenses. Last few years, C.J. Stroud kind of had this thing where, um, well, he had a cannon, uh, a very accurate cannon for an arm, and um, not the biggest arm ever, but very accurate, great deep ball, great receivers, okay? He would stand in the pocket kind of so long because it's like looking for a home run all the time. He wouldn't check down, and he would very rarely scramble, very, very rarely scramble. And you saw this where... The offense would just murder people. And anytime the defense played with a pulse, we didn't come down a notch. We came down 10. You see the Penn State game, barely moved the ball. You see the Iowa game, field goal, field goal, field goal. Iowa just kept handing us the ball in plus territory. Field goal, field goal, field goal until the dam broke. Um, you know, that team up north, et cetera, et cetera. If we can, and me and Corey have talked about this, just check down when we need to, take the few yards, uh, hit the big plays when they're there, then I think you have this scenario where the offense doesn't just drag down really quick. I actually, college football nerds have this really cool analytics thing where they do how many yards per play you allow, uh, percentage of your opponent's average in rushing deep, you know, and passing. Well, that goes by how good you are on defense. I did the reverse. How much more than what teams usually allow do you go and get on offense? And I ran those numbers before the Ohio State-Michigan game because I thought for sure these numbers, I spun it, right? These numbers will favor Ohio State because the offense is much more powerful. Those numbers actually favored Michigan and predicted a Mm. Michigan win because when our offense steps up to better teams, they jumped. I mean, they just dove downhill. So, there you have Good answers. Chris, go for it, man. I gotta give Johnny some credit there because I love me some analytics, you know. Yeah. So, all right, uh, guys, uh, I'm gonna start with Corey here. What are your thoughts on Big 18 expansion? You know, I'm all in favor of great college football every Saturday. Bring every great team into the Big Ten and call it the Big 107. I don't care what you call it. Uh, just give me Notre Dame, give me Clemson, give me Florida State, all the rumors and all that. I don't care. Bring them all in. I want Ohio State not playing Rutgers or Maryland. 
Uh, although Maryland's getting better, I'll give him credit. But not, I mean, I mean, Johnny and I've been talking about that. I'm, we agree. I don't want I, when it's like Ohio State Youngstown. I'm like, I don't even care about this game because it's going to be 105 to nothing at halftime. I don't care. Um, but if it's Ohio State Washington, Ohio State Oregon, Ohio State USC, Notre Dame, whatever you have you, and then all the way leading up to the team up north, keep that game at the end of the year. It's like tradition states. If you have murderers row every week, yeah, you won't go undefeated, obviously. But man, what? Great college football every week. Give it to me every Saturday. John? Yeah. Um, I've What Corey said, I love it. You think about, okay, instead of Ohio State Rutgers, we get Ohio State Washington, you know, Ohio State Oregon, Michigan, and, and USC. Those type of games. I love that. The purist in me hates it because, look, geography, I don't like. I don't like expansion of the playoff. I don't like expansion of the conference. I don't like NIL. Um, but, you know, that's the way the direction's going. You know, it's our, the purest in me says geography, they're student athletes, they're amateur model. Give them a few bucks if you need to, but they still need to go to class. The older people need to make sure the younger people don't grow up stupid. It's bad for the world. These kids with expansion, they probably don't go to class that it is. As it is, when you have games on the West Coast at Ohio State, you think you're going to class at all. You're going to just be handed a degree. So in a human sense, I think it's bad. But in an entertainment sense, and I guess that is, as Russell Crowe would say, is that not why you are here? Uh, <laughs> for an entertainment sense, I love it. I never Josh, once. I ne- or, yeah, I never once watched a quarterback and go, man, I wonder what his GPA is. <laughs> no, I've always known that the, they uh, they were probably not very smart, but I just know I'll know they were. Wow! So you heard it here first. Johnny said he doesn't want Stanford in because they're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, employers are going to be like, "Oh, you have a degree from such and such." Yeah. Did you play sports? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Spell cat <laughs> for me, please. <laughs> uh, finish this sentence. <laughs> Correct is required. Oh, shoot. That is great, guys. That is great. All right, uh, Johnny, I'll start with you first since uh, Corey's gone first the last couple times. Piggybacking off that question, next team to enter the Big Ten, and and you're the commissioner, and you have your choice, and you can go to any school, no matter who it is, no matter where it is, and say, guess what? You're coming to the Big Ten because I'm the commissioner of college football, and I said you had to. Dang. Who are you? Noted. Why? Geographics. Geographics, powerhouse rivalries. Uh, getting to go to South Bend every other year for a game. Uh, no, no brainer. It, it keeps the sport somewhat pure. Um, it adds academics to big. I mean, it's no brainer. Notre Dame. Um, you know, I would. If, if Notre Dame wasn't there, I'd say Cincinnati for the same reasons. Um, if they could keep the standard Luke Fickle set, um, but uh, Notre Dame. Interesting. Cincinnati after Notre Dame and gave the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Nope. All right. You like some geographics. All right, Corey, you're the, you're the commissioner yeah, of the Corey, Cincinnati's in the state of Ohio. Um, and Notre Dame's <laughs> in Indiana, which is your slightly West. How do you spell Notre Dame? Um, but, uh, no, if I would actually say the same thing as Johnny Notre Dame, but I'm going to try to be different and give a different answer. But I do think Notre Dame would be my first choice. Um, Clemson, I'd love to have in the Big Ten, uh, just because I I love playing Clemson. I mean, it's funny when we were zero and four against Clemson until we finally had our win. People, kept, I'd say, no, I want Clemson again. I don't care. And I'd have people say, but they have our numbers. Like, I don't care. I want to beat them. I'm gonna just keep playing them. 
I don't care if they beat us a hundred times in a row. Just keep playing them. Uh, but uh, I want Clemson every other year or every year would be just great college football for Ohio State and going to uh, uh, whether it's Tiger Stadium or whatever they call their stadium where they pet the rock or whatever the heck they do when they they come in there <laughs> they stroke they stroke the rock is yeah. that <laughs> they let a bunch of balloons off yeah they stroke the rock they ride a bus because that's special I guess but, uh... yeah. they come off the they come off the bus stroking a rock dude exactly. we just got our second strike from YouTube right there. <laughs> it's all over oh man and Clemson's easy to spell so that helps me <laughs> and what state is that in Johnny South Carolina there you go <laughs> there you go oh man you guys are great you guys are great you got something Chris you just have to love Dabo for entertainment value right exactly yeah, I, want, I, mean, I, want, I want to hear a sermon every press conference. We're well, at 10 because God told us to be here. Well, uh, Dabo is essentially – he's essentially Jim Harbaugh with Bible verses is what he is. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. That's a good comparison. Oh, oh and, and a couple national titles. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. those help. Yeah. Those, yeah. Those, those, God, yeah. Gave him, God gave him those national titles. Mm. Yeah, can't write this script. Yeah, <laughs> a really talented team wins it, wins it all. Can't write this script. <laughs> uh, where can everybody pick up the Scarlet and Great podcast at? I know you guys are everywhere. YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. I mean, I know that's that, but do you guys have like a website or anything or anything you want to try to promote? Johnny, you go ahead, buddy. Uh, we, we actually pulled the audio down. We're getting ready to build that back up. So YouTube.com slash GoBucks would be the best place. If you want to get some uh, T-shirts and stuff, you can see – uh, the website, you can follow us on Instagram, Scarlet and Great. It's pretty easy to find. There's probably an underscore in there somewhere, but um, the search option works really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I appreciate appreciate you having us on. Hope you guys go check it out. YouTube.com slash GoBucks. Beautiful. Please do that, everybody. Give them a like. Make sure that you follow them. Uh, obviously, we want to. We don't want you to leave us and go follow them. But <laughs> no, listen, listen to both shows. Come on, yeah. yeah. Like, like I for everybody. Like exactly. I was. That's right. Like I was telling Corey, I've been listening to these guys even before I started podcasting, which was six years ago. So they've been doing a wonderful job. They have great chemistry and a really. I love the stories. I, I it's just, get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code Program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code Program. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try sounds really weird i'm almost like like geeking out as a fan here a little bit but i remember when Corey came up 
to the spring game with his father, if I recall correctly. That's how long I've been listening, guys. See? Yeah. That that was, that was awesome, guys. Yeah. 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 That was uh that was the only time I ever got with him in the shoe, unfortunately. I never got to see a game in the shoe with him. But he uh yeah, that, that I you know what was great about that day was not even the game, is how everybody's girlfriend treated my dad like the old grandpa and they just were all so nice to him and, and yeah. you know, holding his hand and carrying him around. I was like, and I was like, man, God bless y'all. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, dude. Go check him out, guys. Thank you guys so much. Scarlett and Gray for coming on, being our Buckeye experts for previewing this season. <laughs> and I, I, I'm going to say it because you guys literally said everything. Chris and I have been screaming about for the last two months. It's beautiful to, to have people say, you know what, Eric, you and Chris are right. You guys are right. There was one thing Corey was wrong about. What was that? One thing Corey was wrong. If Ryan Day loses again, he needs to be fired. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. I no, I actually, I actually, I kind of agree with Chris on that one. I did. I just said I'm not calling for his firing right now. But if he loses to Michigan again, trust me, Chris and I would be pitchforks outside the shoe and be like, "Dude, where's get rid of this guy? This is over with." Johnny. Yeah. I'd add Kentucky to Big Ten, too. I would love to just bring them in, play. I mean, it's easy trip to Lexington. Their stadium holds like 113 people. We could sell it out. Um, <laughs> and just to beat the living car out of them year yeah. in, year out, and be like, oh, I thought you were an SEC. I thought you were different. They got an Ohio boy down there coaching, right? They got Stoops down there yeah. coaching. One Stoops yeah, boy. and my, fa- my in-laws are all from there, and it's just uh, – Oh, I got a lot. It's all because Lana's from Kentucky. He wants to. He just wants to river every every year, even though she's an Ohio State fan now. No, it's, uh, the, in- it's the in-laws I want to go after with extreme prejudice. All of all of my family's from Kentucky, <laughs> and they are all they are all Wildcat fans, man. Wouldn't so. that be great, Eric? Wouldn't it be great to just every year just DDT off? <sighs> well, you know what happens though is this the same thing that you would get from some of the other wait till basketball season. That's what yeah. we. Yeah, so we don't care about basketball yeah. in Ohio. What are you talking about? We, I think we, yeah, we won the last time we met. Yeah, the, our, our, our Purdue friends were talking about basketball on their podcast, and I went, what sport are you even talking about? I have no idea what this round ball thing is that you're discussing. I, <laughs> I'm a Buckeye Can you fan. Imagine? Can you we imagine? We need to give Chris Holton another six Gauntlet years. Conferences. Gauntlet conferences in basketball. What if Kentucky had to pay Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue, Iowa, I mean, all, you know. Instead of Vanderbilt and, you know, Arkansas Tech every year, you know. They're not doing so well right now with the SEC, so I don't know how they would do with the Big Ten in the regular season. Until they get to – they play the Big Ten in the tournament, they'll whip them, though, so the Big Ten don't matter in the tournament. The biggest change would be the officiating. That would be the biggest change for a team when they come. I guarantee those four uh, Pac-12 teams that are coming in next year for basketball are going to be like, what is this? Because the (laughs) officiating in the Big Ten is ridiculous. It is bad. It's the dang – it's it's whose line is it anyway. The calls are all made up and the points don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We, we owe the Pac-12 teams that are coming in a little bit of love because of what the uh, Pac-12 officials did to us against Clemson a few years ago. Yes. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. That's right. All right, guys, check out their show. Thank you so much for watching, guys. Uh, OH. I owe. I owe. Go Bucks. All right, we're back, everybody. Chris, you know, it's funny as we recorded that, uh, when we recorded that on Sunday with them, yeah. we kept saying we might know by the time that this is published who the starting quarterback is. 
We still don't know. <laughs> we still we still have no idea, Chris, who it's going to be, man. And that, Eric, that frightens me as much as anything. And Why? Why does it frighten you? I, 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 I've caught a lot of backlash for this. I just think it is a bad scenario. If you don't have an established number one going into the season, we're going to – I think we are slowing the progress of the team. The offensive line, which is new, doesn't have time to really mesh with the new play caller. You know, having two different play callers in there, you're going to have different cadences. You're going to have different snap counts. You've got different skill sets. It's going to lead to penalties in these games, Eric. Um, penalties that, while against Indiana, may not be costly. Against other teams, they could be. And they could be. You You could have a team sneak up on us when we're not – you know, at our best right now. I'd, I'd like to think that the first three games are a cakewalk. And if they're not, we got a lot more problems than what we think. Mm. But the fact is, you can't discount anything. And not only is, is it an issue of meshing, Eric, I think it becomes an issue of confidence on the part of both these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the guy who's number two is going to be wondering why am I number two and the guy who's number one is always going to be looking over his shoulder and we've got Cardell Jones JT Barrett all over again yeah that's not going to happen that's not going to happen let me put your fears at ease this race might go into the first week it'll be settled by the by the time the game one's over um and it might be settled even before that Chris um but you know, I, I really do believe what's happening here is Devin Brown has played so well. It shocked Ryan Day and it shocked this coaching staff because they and, fully expected Kyle McCord to be the guy. And Devin Brown's just saying not so fast. Well, and I, I, I don't know. There are rumors out there and, and you and I have discussed it earlier this week a little bit. And, you know, we had heard previously that the coaches were dead split and now we're hearing with a more recent, you know, more recent straw count that actually more guys were in favor of Devin Brown at this point. Yeah. Let me, let me remind you, Chris, at the beginning of fall camp, you asked me who I would start based off of what I saw at the practice. What did I tell you? You said basically, if I recall that Devin Brown was the more athletic and given the fact that we've got a concern on our offensive line, that we're going to need that athleticism. However, that we will need both quarterbacks because given what we saw, yeah, someone's going to end up spending some time on the sidelines. That's, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> Good memory. That's exactly what I said. I still believe Devin Brown might, my eyes told me that he looked better. And, you know, the one thing I was I was impressed with Kyle McCord that day was his deep ball. And there's something to be said of that sure. uh, in this offense. So that being said, Chris, let's just jump into the, the starting lineup here. This is the projected starting lineup for Ohio State this year on offense first, since that's what we're talking about. Now, as you can see there, Chris, I, I put both Kyle and Devin Brown as a starting because I don't know, man. It could be either one, but one of them is going to replace C.J. Stroud, who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans this year. 
At running back, I put Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams. However, recently there's been a lot of buzz. Travion Henderson has kind of taken the bull by the horns and he's going to be the featured back as long as he's healthy. But the good news is this is a very deep and experienced room. And so he doesn't have to be it. Um, I hope he has a great Heisman-like year, but he does not have to carry this team when it comes to running the football. There's a lot of guys there that are going to need a lot of carries because they're all really good. And that leads us to our offensive line that is going to be replacing Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones. You can see in red there, both off to the NFL. Johnson went to the Arizona Cardinals and Dewan Jones is uh, fighting for a starting position for the Cleveland Browns. And then Luke Whipler was also drafted by the Browns and has played very well, very well. this fall as well for, for the Brownies. So those are the three guys who they need to replace. Back is Matthew Jones, redshirt senior, and Donovan Jackson, a redshirt sophomore. Those are your guards. I believe Donovan is your uh, left guard and Matthew Jones is your right guard. And then Carson Hensman, the redshirt freshman, he's going to be your starting center. And then on the outside, Josh Fryer, the redshirt junior, is going to be your right tackle. And Jimmy Josh Simmons <laughs> is a re- – Jimmy Josh. Instead of Jimmy Johns, it's Jimmy Josh. Jimmy Josh. Freaky fast. Freaky fast, freaky big. Jimmy Johns. Jimmy that Josh is. Simmons <laughs> is going to be your starting left tackle. He's a redshirt sophomore transfer from San Diego. All right. Uh, at tight end, redshirt senior Kate Stover's back. And at wide receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr., he's in his third year at Ohio State, oh, well, as well, along with his running mate there, Emeka Egbuka. Those are your 1 and 1A one uh, wide receivers. That third starting wide receiver, I put Julian Fleming in there. He's the red shirt, red shirt junior. That's who everybody thinks it's going to be. But I also put freshman Carnell Tate as a possibility there, Chris. He has had a phenomenal fall camp. He made his mark right off the bat in spring. He is going to get some serious playing time. Even if he's not that third starter, I would not be surprised in case of an injury or in case they just feel like it's going to work best to put him out on the field at the, at the same time with Harrison Jr. and Emeka Igbuka and good luck trying to stop all three. Jackson Smith and the Jigba uh, is the wide receiver we lost, but in all technicality, Chris, we lost him an entire year ago. ago. Yeah. So it's hard to really say, even though he was drafted in the first round of the NFL draft this year, that we lost him last year because we really didn't have him last year outside of, what, two halves well, the entire enough, season? It sounds like he may be facing surgery again. Again, yeah. Just just bad luck right there for Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Chris, your thoughts on this offense, man? Yeah, You know, it's going to go as far as the tackles carry us. That, that's it's that simple. I think if you put either quarterback back there and give them time, they'll have the ability to be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like, uh, I, I do think like many people do, the longer this thing carries out, the better Devin Brown's chances are. Um, I, I really believe that he has an athleticism and not to say that McCord can't be athletic. He has an athleticism that I believe maybe exists on another level. I mean, we're not talking to Justin Fields. No. or anything like that, but it's a slightly different skill set. 
or JT um, Barrett or, yeah. you know, no, Braxton Miller, definitely not. But, the, no. but this, this, I'll tell you who this is. This is a little bit, in my opinion, of, of a Bobby Hoying. Bobby Hoying, yeah. It's who he reminds me. He kind of looks like Bobby Hoying a little bit, to be honest yeah, he's, with he's, you. He's got that kind of build. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, I think he's good. And Bobby Hoying was not bad, by the way. No, and he had a decent little NFL career. Yeah, so don't all I can just hear. I I heard Buckeye Nation collectively go, "You've got to be kidding!" Because we're so spoiled now with first round draft pick talent. But you put Bobby Hoying on this team from the '90s with what yeah. we have at the wide receiver position and calling the type of offense that we call now. Bingo, to where bingo. You can get out yep. there and throw that many times. He may have been a first round pick. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, I think that uh, Devin Brown, you know, he has nice touch on the intermediate passes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's got a great athleticism. But, you know, either of these guys is going to be successful as long as our tackles give them time. Here's what I think Devin Brown does for you. This is this is my anticipation if he's, if he's called the starter. He will extend plays. Yes. He will do the easy stuff correctly and properly. I don't think you're going to see amazing tight window type throws, but I think, that, like you said, the intermediate stuff, getting the ball out quickly in stride with guys, uh, hitting them, you know, uh, where they want the football to be within 15 yards or less. And then every once in a while, I think he'll be able to hit a deep ball with a one-on-one receiver. Yeah, and those receivers I, and those receivers can make that happen because they're that good. But here's the one thing I think that he has. I want to see it. I think he has it. I want to see him tuck the football and run for first down when there's no one open and he needs two yards. Can he grind that out and go get those? Give me those two yards on the ground. I think he can do it, Chris. I, I firmly believe you're right, Eric. I think he can. Uh, you know, and let me tell you, I I, we, I love the interior of offensive line. I love our running game. Yes. Uh, you know, like you said, that running back room is just so deep with so much talent. I mean, when you got a guy who ran for 600 yards last year and he's the fifth guy in the rotation, you know, that says something about where you're at as a team in that room. Uh, Cade Stover. Best tight end in the country. Mark it down. And I, I think everybody's going to fall in, buy into the hype of Marvin Harrison, and he is worth every bit of that hype. But guys, don't sleep on a Mecca Ekbuka. Marvin Harrison is going to draw so much attention. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if a Mecca Ekbuka does not lead this team in receiving. <laughs> well, our preview show is Sunday when we make all of our predictions. I'm sure Chris might have just given you a little hint right there on something that he might be busting out on Sunday on that on our live show. So I agree with you, Chris. Real quick before we flip it over to the defensive side, I want to touch on that offensive line running game as well. I know we've been very hard on the pass blocking on this offensive line. And and word is since they flipped the tackles, they are getting better. Um but here's the thing. These guys are run blocking experts. Yes. You go back and you watch all of their recruiting videos, these five offensive linemen, they are road graders. Do not be shocked 
given the fact that we've had some trouble pass blocking, given the fact that we have a brand new starting quarterback, that you do not see Ryan Day hopefully swallow his pride a little bit and say, let's establish the line of scrimmage and run the football to open up the pass. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm believing based off of this roster. To the defensive side of the ball, Chris. So here's the thing about this defense. I'm going to give you the projected starters, but they are too deep at almost every single position. Beginning at the defensive line where you have redshirt sophomores, Jack Sawyer and JT to a Mulu back. Uh, Tua Maluwa. Tua Maluwa. I'm going to get it right this year. I'm not going to settle for the JTT. JT Tua Maluwa. Maluwa. I'm going to get it right. Put it in the comments. Help me out, people. Put it in the comments how you pronounce his name. I need to get this right. Michael Hall Jr. I can pronounce his name just fine. He's a redshirt sophomore, and Ty Hamilton is a redshirt junior. Those are your projected defensive line. But like I said, they go too deep at every single uh, defensive line position. And really, the only defensive lineman that was drafted last year was Zach Harrison. Um, and uh, in a lot of ways, Zach Harrison never lived up to that five-star hype that we were expecting. And I have a feeling we're going to see that this year uh, from JT and Jack and, and the gang. At linebacker, you got Tommy Two Thumbs Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. Both of them are fifth-year seniors. At cornerback, he's back this year as a junior, and he's looking good. Denzel Burke, and I put the transfer from Ole Miss, Davison Igbenosin in there. He's a sophomore. He is physical. He is strong. I think he gets the first crack at being the start, other starting cornerback. At safety, we know two of the starters guaranteed. Uh, senior Lathan Ransom and Sonny Styles, the sophomore from Pickerington. I think Jihad Carter, the senior from uh, Syracuse, is going to get that first crack at deep safety. Uh, he's physical. He's experienced. Um, he's worked very hard. He just shed his black stripe this past week. I think Jihad Carter is the one who's going to get that crack. Uh, kicker Parker Lewis is a redshirt junior. He transferred in a year ago from USC. And the kicker from down under, the punter from down under, Jesse Merko, the redshirt sophomore, is back for his third year with the Buckeyes punting the football. Chris, your thoughts on this defense, my friend? Well, first of all, I think my thoughts are that Matthew Butcher just, you know, was appalled by that awful Australian accent that you oh, played on him. Boy, put a, ship, a little shrimp on the bobby and punt the football. That's <laughs> so bad. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm very excited for this defense, Eric. Like you said, this may be the deepest defense we've seen in a long time. But, man, there is so much talent on there. Uh, you know, I'm excited because historically, uh, you, you know, the second year as defensive coordinator, that's the year that we see the turnaround. And I think it's going to happen again. Uh, you know, I feel like Tumaluau, Michael Hall, and Jack Sawyer are all set to really break out this year. Um. But you know what? A, lot, a big part of that's going to be these guys can be fresh, Eric, because we've got so much depth that we can run guys in and out of there. 
Uh, the linebackers, Eichenberg and Steele, we know what they're capable of. But, man, don't sleep on C.J. Hicks. Cody Simon, he's had a great spring. I mean, and then the corners, we know we got Denzel Burke back looking good. We know we got Igbenosin out there just really, really showing uh, well this spring. Um, but, but you know, I think we're, we're three deep easy at the corner. And I'm with you. The safety room. Safety, I'm not 100% sold on the depth. I think we've got a lot of players there. I think that the three you've got in there are definitely the right starters. Obviously, we've got Josh Proctor in there. But, you know, Proctor, when he's had his chance to get on the field, hasn't shown it. Maybe we'll see a change in him this year. But what he does have the opportunity to do is be a senior leader on that team. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think is good as well. We've got some leadership in this locker room to go with the talent. So I'm very pumped to see what this defense does. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think this is a top five defense in the country this year. So here's the thing about this this defense. It's going to have to be complimentary. And I think Jim Knowles, who's kind of known as as drawing up these – uh, defenses that uh, quarterbacks have never seen before and confuses them is has had to swallow a little bit of his pride because he's like, you know what? I maybe need to need to leave this thing a little bit more basic and just depend on the athleticism of the guys I've got so that we don't get burned deep because when we, when we aren't getting burned deep, you know, we are a good defense, a lot of three and outs. And, and then with the fact that I think we're going to get pressure with the top, with the front four, I do foresee us producing more interceptions on the back, back side of this defense, more turnovers. Do you think just because of the pressure this year as well? I don't know that we need to. I'm with you. I think we're going to solid pressure out of the front four. If you can get enough pressure on the front four to not blitz, that makes life miserable for that quarterback because you've got you've got seven other guys in yeah. coverage yeah. that are just blanketing your three, four, five receivers. So it makes life really, really difficult for that quarterback. And given those those parameters that we have, if I think it begins and ends, like you said, with those tackles on offense, it begins and ends with our defensive line. If they are as improved as they it sounds like they are, and they are getting to the quarterback on a consistent basis and wrecking havoc on teams up front, this defense is going to look so much better and you know what? than you they have in the past. Wreaking havoc and and – I think that's the perfect term because I'll tell you, I think the most important guy along this front is going to be Michael Hall Jr. He's got to stay healthy. If he stays healthy and he can wreak havoc in the middle of that line, that's going to make it so much easier for JT Tumaluau and Jack Sawyer to do their thing on the ends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just there's so much depth, too. Don't be surprised if you see a lot of rotation happening. Jackson, um, Mm-hmm. Arbor, you know, that's we, – we, that's why I said we are so deep. It's Yeah, Caden Curry. The, yeah. It, we, this may be the deepest defense that we've had. I, I, I don't know how long, Eric. I mean – 2015? Yeah. yeah I mean, 2019 was a good defense, but they weren't – But it wasn't deep. It wasn't deep. 
This, I think, has the potential to be a very good defense and also be a very deep defense. Mm-hmm. I agree with and that. And you're going to keep those, those defensive linemen fresh that way. So let's take a look at the schedule, Chris. Let's turn the page and what we look at this year. Of course, we start the season on the road at Indiana. Uh, I think that's a I think that's a win. I'm not going to say easy win. Going on the road to start the season, number one. Number two, it's in the conference against Indiana. We've done this before. And the first half was, you know, was a little bit shaky, and then we took control. I kind of expect the same thing. Come home, Youngstown State. Let's get Trestle to dot the I. Make that happen, Ohio State. Come on, that's perfect. Week three, Western Kentucky. That's a pretty good uh, football team right there. Oh, Don't the Hilltoppers see, are pretty decent. They are. They are a bold. They're a bold te- type of team. So. Um, that's not going to be sleepwalk. Then we go back on the road to the state of Indiana again. We're going to go up to Notre Dame. That's going to be a big one, primetime game on, on NBC. Then we get to take a week off on for September 30th. Then we start the bulk of the Big Ten schedule, home against Maryland, at Purdue, home against Penn State, at Wisconsin. Boy, three of those, that, those, that, that, those four games right there. That's four games that could really determine the season. It really could. At Rutgers, home against Michigan State, home against Minnesota, at that team up north to finish off the season. Vegas, once again, has a set at 10 and a half. Now, Chris, you said before we started recording, you gave a prediction at the beginning of the season of 12 and 0. That's what I have here. You said you wanted to break that down a little bit and maybe even change that. I have an 11 and 1 prediction for Ohio State this year. So, Chris, what do you want to tell me about that prediction? Yeah. Um, you know, as I've said, I think I looked at this through a Homer eyes, and I really kind of feel like I thought we would be a little further along, specifically at our quarterback position, and we wouldn't be ex- experimenting with our offensive line at this point uh, in camp. I just don't know that we can pull off an undefeated season here. I really feel like we are going to have four 11-1 teams in the Big Ten this year, and I think Ohio State's going to be one of them. Hmm. Sadly, sadly, Eric, I, I, I don't see Ryan Day beating that team up north. Hmm. The more I've thought about it, the more I come back to something that we've discussed in the past, and that is – Ryan Day has built a team made to win national championships. And Jim Harbaugh has built a team made to beat Ohio State. So before we dive into why I'm at 11-1 and one and kind of what my prediction is there, let's turn it over to Brandon Jensen from Big Banter. He is the betting expert for Big Banter. Brandon, what's your prediction on the over-under for Ohio State this season? I'm Brandon Jensen, uh, lead betting analyst at Big Banter Sports. Glad to be on the show. We'll move on to the Ohio State University Buckeyes. That's receiving corpse in the nation, in my opinion. I do think Knowles, after having one full season under his belt to get those players going, I feel like the players are going to play his style well. The season probably rides on McCord's ability to get the ball to his best players, but being in the system for as long as he has been, I have no worries and no stress, especially with Marvin Harrison being his high school teammate. The over is minus 105. The under is minus 115, set at 10.5. I've got to go over here. 
I feel like this is a redemption season for the Buckeyes. Trying to uh, erase that sour taste from the Georgia loss. Ryan Day's animation in that Georgia game finally showed me that the dude's not just a stoic guy. He's actually going to get in there. He's going to go nuts. That's my kind of coach. And I feel like he's going to get us. Well, I can't say us at this point. As an unbiased person, I'm going to say he's going to get Ohio State 12 wins this year. All right. Thank you for that, Brandon. All right, Chris, I'm with you. I think 11-1 and one is going to be had by four Big Ten teams this year. I have Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State all at 11-1. and one. Who you lose to and where you lose to will determine who goes to the Big Ten championship game. Obviously, I think Wisconsin win comes out of the West. I still believe Ohio State will come out of the East with that. I believe a Wisconsin-Ohio State rematch in the Big Ten championship will be what is what we will see. Um I believe Ryan Day can get this team back in the college football playoff, can get us a Big Ten championship game, despite uh, despite there being a loss somewhere on this schedule. So here's a crazy prediction for you, man. Um, and, and, of course, this is something we're going to talk about in the live show on Sunday. Uh, right here on our YouTube channel, Sunday, 8 o'clock Eastern. Make sure you're here for our live shows every Sunday evening. Chris, I believe that the college football playoff will have not one, not two, but three Big Ten teams in the college football playoff when it's all said and done. Penn State, Ohio State, and that team up north are all going to go to the CFP. The other team I have penciled in is Georgia, but that could change. Georgia just lost their starting running back for the season, did they not? There's there is some there is some when do you know the last time a a college team won back to back to back national championships and can do you know who it is? I'm one to say, wasn't it Minnesota? It was Minnesota. And it was back in like the fifties. No. 30s. Try the nineteen thirties. Yes. <laughs> Crazy, right? So the, the odds of Georgia doing this are really slim, really slim. We shall see. And they play in the SEC. It's, it is a gauntlet there, man. It is but an absolute gauntlet. they play gauntlet. in the SEC East, which is kind of a cakewalk for them. It is, but if you have one loss and then you go in and then say you play in Alabama or in LSU uh, in, the, in the championship, I mean, even if you come out of that, you're going to come out of that beat up. But let's remember, too, they are very much in Ohio State's situation. They mm-hmm. are replacing a lot of key pieces, including the quarterback position, and they just lost their, their running back one. Yeah, That is that is a huge <clears throat> impact. But this is not a Georgia preview. This is an Ohio State preview. So, Chris, what are your final thoughts for the Buckeyes as we head into the 2023 season? I think we're a CFP team. I believe – a hundred percent that we can go further in the CFP than any other team in the big 10. I also believe that sadly Ryan day cannot get the job done against Jim Harbaugh. So here's my, my, my kind of, I guess, dilemma. I have called for it. I have said it numerous times. If he loses again, to Jim Harbaugh, he should be terminated. However, if he wins a national title, where does that leave us? 
And I think both of these things are very possible to happen this year. Mm, yeah, yeah. It, that is that is absolutely a possibility. You're it right. It almost happened last year, and it very well could happen again this year. Here's where I'm at with this preview with this team. I'm super stoked. I'm super excited for the season, Chris. There is a ton of uncertainty about the season on a lot of different fronts and not just with Ohio State. The expectations in Ann Arbor are the highest they have been since I was a teenager. Um, and how and, are they going to do it with Jim Harbaugh self-imposing a three-game suspension, Eric? Oh, I'm sure they'll find a way. Maybe buy everybody cheeseburgers or something. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, you have that at play. You have the best Penn State team and the deepest Penn State team we have seen since the 90s. you, um, buddy. Yeah, and you have Luke Fickle over in Wisconsin now in the Big Ten. You have Iowa players uh, who might not play this year because of being in trouble with uh, betting on on mommy's account. (laughs) I mean, this season is absolutely insane. You've got Matt Rule. You got all the Nebraska fans drinking the Rule juice, man. Uh, The Rule Aid uh, getting getting ready for this season. What can he do? Purdue's got a new head man. What are they going to look like? They got a brand new tunnel. That's cool. They got new new jerseys. <laughs> yeah, you've got, got Illinois Western Eric. Oh, let's not even. That's like, gonna be a dumpster fire. Does three wins get him the job moving forward? Like that's that's a real story all, there. All I know is that kid that that team is a mangled cat in the hot sun, three days old. You've got Illinois. Can they go back to back in bowl games, getting to six wins or more? Minnesota, how far can they row the boat this year? Um, I mean, there's so much going on in the West. Every every game in the West is crazy. Mel Tucker, can he turn things around in East Lansing for the, for Sparty? Will Maryland finally break through and beat one of the big three in the East? Can they get that done? I mean, they think they can win it all over there. They are flying high with confidence. Rutgers, can they ever get out of the basement of the Big Ten? Indiana. They're young, but they are they they're exciting looking, but they are extremely young. How will they develop this season, or where is this a hopeless cause over there and who's your hot seat? Yeah, I mean, might be. There's so many storylines in this season in the Big Ten, and Ohio State is surrounded in all of it, man. And we go back and play Indiana this year. Freeman, former Buckeye, on the sideline again. I mean, the storylines, they write themselves this season. I am super excited, and I'm going to end it with this, Chris. In 2002, no one expected Jim Tressel and the Buckeyes to do what they did, but they were able to do it with a couple things. Solid, tough defense. Opportunistic offense with a great dynamic running back and they won quarterback and they, yes. And they won some close games when it mattered. I think this team has a similar formula to 2002. And if the, if we can do it, if we can win it this year, it'll look more like 2002 than it will 2014 because 
This team has got a dynamic running back. They're going to have a smart quarterback, and they're going to have one heck of a defense this year. But Eric, if they win it, what is this season, this magical season's holy Buckeye? Ooh, well, if it happens in Purdue, I won't be mad at that because we're going to that game. We're going to that game. And boy, will we have some fun with our friends over there if uh, that happens, won't we? (laughs) Yes, we will. Give this video a thumbs up, like, share if you enjoyed. Uh, Go back and watch all the other Big Ten previews before the season starts if you have not already. We encourage you to do that. Make sure you check out BigBanterSports.com. We are an affiliate of Big Banter. There are 14 other, or 13 other, if you will, Big Ten podcasts, soon to be 17 other Big Ten podcasts starting next year. Yeah, we're going to have four more previews we're going to have to do, Chris, next year uh, to this list. It may not be done yet. Uh, It might become a full-time job next summer. Big 24, baby. It might be three a week instead of two a week like we had to, like we did this year. But here's the thing. I hope you enjoyed this. Please like, share, share the heck out of it. Get it in the front of the eyeballs of everybody. Ohio State football is going to be back in just eight days if you're watching this on Friday. And we want you to get excited about that. Follow it this season right here on the OHIO podcast every Sunday night. 8 o'clock Eastern, drop in here to YouTube, follow us on Facebook. You can call in if you want to talk about the game, if you want to talk about something you saw that you liked that you didn't like. We go live on Sunday nights, and you can call in to the live show and give us your two cents as a Buckeye fan. We want you to be a part of that. We will have reviews. We'll have previews. We'll have guests. So much coming at you this season right here on the OHIO podcast. Make sure you don't miss a thing. So, Chris, that being said, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. Till next time, OH. I owe. Go Bucks.